everyone, and welcome to the Underpaid and Underqualified podcast show with your host, Vincent Ja. I am not yet retired because we have not gained traction enough ad revenue, but hey, maybe this is the this is the post that's going to get us on the map. Well, based on the topic, it's the hot button topic of the week, it feels like, so we're on the right track, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, technically a week off, but you know what? I think it's still popular enough and people are still talking about it. But it's fitting why we took the week off because the week off was for the topic that you're going to talk about. Exactly, because we need time to prepare this content for yeah. our content. That's <laughs> yeah, very meta. We're not going to we're not going to sell what topic it is right now. We're just going to tease it, even though by the time this is released, you'll probably see on the title of the episode. Yeah, but we're just going to tease it. But anyways, how are you doing? Uh, how's everything? How's your week been? <laughs> So like you forgot my name. You were like, "How are you going? How are you doing, Andrew?" Did uh, Vince? Oh no! Something like popped up on my screen, and I was like, "Wait!" It caught my attention, and it, like my brain farted. Yeah, yeah, that's every minute of my life. Um, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Fucking burned out, man. <laughs> I did seven months of unemployment, so uh, getting back to this grind, it's exhausting, man. We had for uh, listeners who weren't able to see the behind the scenes. Uh, we had no prep on this episode. I was like, I just don't have time for it. I was like, Ja, we're fucking doing it. Go straight. Hit record. We're doing it. And uh, here we are, because I just don't got the time or the energy. <laughs> One of those days, you know? I was literally the shortest. Hey, how you, how's it going? We hopped on Zoom. Can we just start recording? All right. That works, too. <laughs> yeah, because I still got shit I technically got to do. It shouldn't be too bad, but it's just, like, tedious. But uh, I was just like, dude, time is money. Hey, I feel it. All right. Well... No, work, school, all that crap. Nothing else really occupying my life. Yeah, you're usually the exhausted one between uh, grad school and this and uh, having a girlfriend now that you've plugged every episode, I think. I'm just that happy now. I am that much of a positive, free-thinking human being, which is utter bullshit. I'm so cynical as fuck. You know what I think it is? You see, I think when I first met you, you seemed pretty happy. <laughs> I don't know if you're putting it on because you worked because it was a job setting and you wanted to look like pretty positive. But then I don't know, as like quarantine happened, I think you got in a darker, like I hate everyone kind of voice. <laughs> and um, then and then now with the girlfriend, I think you're back at the baseline that I met you with. So this is neutral to me. It's really funny because like when I was during the beginning of quarantine lockdown, a lot of time I was like I was finally able to kind of like spend time with myself and just do the things I've always wanted to do because before uh quarantine and stuff like that i was always on about with friends and kind of just hanging up but i never had this time to do the things i wanted to do or watch the shows movies whatever i want to do it was always like uh, i guess i could do that that's all right i'm interested but not what i really wanted to do kind of thing hmm. and so like because of this whole lockdown thing now i'm able to do that and it's wow i have very little in common with the people i normally hang out with myself included <laughs> I'm one of those people. I was, I was the first. Yeah, we enjoy movies, movies right? Well enough. <laughs> nah, we talk. I think music and uh, yeah, music, movies, and uh, some political opinions we kind of share, right? The ones that we don't vocalize in public. <laughs> oh yeah, the ones that may or may not get us like burned at the cross. But yeah, no, effectively. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. um. So I I would say that would be why like the past year or less or something like that during a lockdown or quarantine, whatever at this point you want to call it covid that is the reason why i may have been extremely bitter <laughs> yeah i think it bled into a few episodes i want to like 
I almost want to like look back on our episodes and like do an observation of like what was Jaws mood this summer? Like what was Jaws mood Jaws mood this week? Because it did I did notice a few different changes. Like I feel like summer that was the low point a little bit. Would you agree with that? I was just playing a lot of video games during the summer. Maybe you were like so in video game mode that anything that wasn't a video game pissed you off. <laughs> no, I was probably pretty sure I was just annoyed with work or social life, some something like that. Eh. All right, fair enough. Well, uh, I was going to say, I do have good news, though. This is random, and I oh. wonder how you'll feel about it. But um, good news for me, I guess, <laughs> just being selfish. But uh, did you ever have a dating app, Bumble? Mm, like for a little bit, but then I quit it after like 48 hours. Okay. Well, uh, that's. I think that's a lot of people's reaction. Because honestly, I don't think it's a great app. I think I noticed the thing specifically with it where... Like, you know, dating apps are largely based on algorithms. You know what I mean? You just want to, like, be seen by people so you can have an app. But are you actually being, like, registered to other people? Like, you, like you've like you thought about that right? with your own dating app, I'm sure, right? Sorry, I'm kind of following. What do you mean? Like, so you can have a profile, but, like, it only really matters if your profile is being shown to other people. You know what I mean? But the problem is there's so many people that sometimes your profile is just not getting to people and that's why you're not getting matches like have you ever thought about that i mean that's definitely a possibility didn't really cross my line but sure it might just be what i told myself when i was single to <laughs> deal with the lack of matches but um no i think the pain well i well okay well the reason i mentioned is bumble was the most noticeable with it because i noticed the thing every time i had bumble with the first 24 hours i would have a bunch of like anytime there was somebody who swiped on you it would show up as like a green like um blank thing so you would just know somebody swiped on you um swiped right i mean and then after about like i don't know 24 to 48 hours it would just drop off hard and you would have like nobody so you could have bumble for the first 24 48 hours you get some good swipes and then wait a week and then like nothing would come in you can wait another month nothing would come in but then de delete the app and re-download it and you'll instantly get like a few swipes within the first 24 hours same thing and then the same process again or you could just keep deleting every 24 hours and keep getting matches, you know, or keep getting people to swipe on you. So I think that's why the algorithm was a lot more noticeable. Does that make sense? Oh, gotcha. Okay, so I'm not sure if this would make sense or like would justify it, but I think with dating apps is, is that when you first sign on, they want to get you into it, right? And so what happens is that, oh, your profile may be promoted as this is a new user or push you up. So maybe, yeah, arguably in a way it is algorithm, but I think that's just a good selling point. And then once you're like in it, quote unquote, Oh, I have people that are interested in me or like my profile is being shown as a new created profile, like get to meet me kind of thing. Fresh yeah. me, basically. And then you taper off after that. Um, I'm not sure if that's I would explicitly call as an algorithm, but just as like. Not marketing scam, but like a scam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think well, Bumble's never like explicitly addressed it. And I've told it to other friends and they haven't noticed it so much from people I've talked to, at least. I mean, Tinder has a thing. Have you heard of Tinder Boost? Yeah, it's annoying. You have to pay for it or something like that. Yeah, but that basically does exactly what I think the 24-hour thing with Bumble is, where you just like go to the front of the line and basically are like more noticeable for people in your area rather than like having to you know get stuck under all the millions of people who are on dating apps now. But uh, long, long story for what I'm about to say is uh, so apparently something with Bumble and uh, well. So, okay. So the thing with the algorithm 
to uh, give a little bit of context because of I noticed that detail where you would get more swipes when uh, you first had the app. I kept deleting it and re-downloading it. So I did it like I would like I would do 24 hours and then if it started to dry up, then delete it, start it over again, you know, kept doing that. And uh, apparently it benefited because uh, with Bumble, there was some sort of class action lawsuit with uh, one of their terms and conditions. So they said I was eligible <laughs> and uh, basically offered a amount of money. Do you want to guess how much, Ja? Five bucks. 800. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I got an $800 check. Oh my gosh. It's Wait, funny. I was on Bumble. What year was this? Uh it said between 2014 to 2020. Like it just like and I wasn't even I was only on for like I don't know 2018 to like 16, so not even all that time. I I mean I was only on for like 2 days, so probably wasn't enough to like get flagged for it. Well, I think Dang. you needed the boost too, and I'll admit it, I paid for the boost. <laughs> oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Well, with that said, Okay, for a second, I thought this story was going to go somewhere completely different. I'm like, we haven't really talked about dating apps since we both got into relationships. Oh, my gosh. I hope nothing happened. Oh, no, no. And then you're like, <laughs> you got cut a fat check. Okay, that's better. <laughs> yeah, even though it is embarrassing to admit that I paid for, like, Bumble Boost. But in the long run, I think this uh, <laughs> this paid out. I think that's a good investment for the first time I think accidentally. What I, I think what I notice more when you describe that issue happens more for like my first sign onto a dating app. So I have like try like okay cupid. Uh, I'm trying to think like what was very noticeable. I think okay cupid was very noticeable with that. I think um I think CMB does CMB have like a time where you're like profiles were like, oh, this is new, and they advertised it. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't I honestly didn't notice it with any other apps besides Tin. I felt like hinge. Coffee Meets Bagel, The League, uh, OK Cupid, they were all pretty like, I don't know, the algorithm was pretty consistent. It wasn't like you got more matches one day versus in the next. But yeah, I don't know. Bumble was the only one that I really noticed it. But yeah, <laughs> I have to admit, though, I'm partially like wondering, like, did I just find a legal loophole or was I technically not supposed to get this much because I got eight separate checks and they like kept emailing me like a claim number they're like fill out this claim number if you're eligible i'm like do they know that i just kept deleting my profile <laughs> like i think that's why it gave me like eight separate things like i'm like am i only eligible like one per person and they just don't know that i deleted my shit eight times i don't know so you're buying drinks at the bar when we can go you think my money's gonna be like still here by the time the bar's open again uh... and yes i'm aware the bars are probably gonna open in two weeks you think my money's still gonna be there <laughs> it can be it could be no. credit card. No, oh. no, I was thinking of honestly using it on a like trip to Hawaii with the lady. Oh my gosh. Like everyone's going to Hawaii literally like right now. Nah, not now. Maybe no, like, like I literally know two groups of people in Hawaii right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't go now. I'm saying oh. like summer. That's the time to go summer. Well, yeah. weather in Hawaii is always good. So as long as you're not going to go during tsunami season or, type, or hurricane season, I think you're fine. Yeah. It said anytime between March and September. September, like it's not supposed to rain because i mean who wants it to rain when you're in hawaii that's like not the that's not the experience you think if you want that go to oregon or something you know <laughs> any given day yeah exactly but uh yeah let's All see right. outside of that we talked about uh the rise against new song new album coming out so that's good news right uh it's an experimental thing right so we'll see how it goes <laughs> i don't think they're trying to be experimental i mean this uh, well they, okay, me experimental from like what they're not normally known for or like what they normally produce in their CDs. 
a little i mean yeah the song was a little different but if you look on every album i think the first single sometimes hasn't always been the best representative of what the rest of the album has green day has that problem too i think where they used to be really bad with releasing songs that like were probably the worst choices for the album but for anyone who doesn't have context me and john are both big rise against fans me uh they're my favorite band of all time i think i don't know how much would you say you're a rise against fan i enjoy it and i'll definitely go to their concerts kind of thing so you're like a b b minus fan uh yeah i'd say b minus is a fair estimate like that's considering it nicely yeah because you usually like pop punk more and rise against aren't yeah. so much pop i mean they have popular songs but they're not like the i mean i love their popular songs kind of thing all right fair enough but um yeah, so they got a new album coming out in two months. So I'm stoked for that. But yeah, first song, I don't know, a little uh, not feeling it as much. It's a lot poppier. So, and I thought you might like it actually too because it's poppier, but uh, not your vibe either. No, it's not. Yeah, that's all we can say about that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you never know. The album may have more stuff. The singles that they pick to release may not be the best. I'm trying to think like there's definitely moments where like I enjoyed the album more than the actual single that was released. And yeah, I never know. Well, do you remember Green Day when they did that uh Uno Stos Trey three thing, three album thing? Yes. Yeah, so the first song they released was Oh Love. Do you remember that song? No, uh no. Exactly. <laughs> no I mean, one remembers it. That's why it was the worst song to possibly release like of the, of the three albums. And granted, I mean that obviously wasn't their most popular like period in time, but uh, even for that, I don't, nobody remembers that song. I'm trying to think, there might have been some Weezer songs, and there might have been like American Idiot. I think there's a song in American Idiot I like better than like the like some of the other songs in the album that did come out. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's that's most albums. I think most albums for me, I like the obscure songs more than the popular ones or the singles for the most part. But uh. Well, like Green Day, also another example, Know Your Enemy. That was the first song they made off of uh, 21st Century Breakdown. That was one. The other one was 21 Guns. I remember 21 Guns very vividly because it was used in Transformers when Shia LaBeouf went to college. And I'm like, this is a very weird song to highlight like that transition to move into college. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty odd. Because it's a very slow, somber song, and you're expecting something that's more a little bit more wild, more lively. Well, I remember there was a Nickelback song playing, I think, in that movie at one point, and I feel like that's very if we're if you're trying to map what Nickelback represents to what Transformers represents to movies, I think that's like the perfect parallel. Oh, if you think about it, because it's like you're taking the highlights of it. So, like the pe- reason why people hate Nickelback, I think they did like a whole entire scientific investigation of why people like Nickelback is because they highlight a lot of stuff that's popular because they don't have any originality or anything unique to their music. So like with Michael Bay and Transformers is basically hot women and giant fighting robots and explosions. Yeah. Just flashiness without any substance. I mean, yeah, that's, you could kind of be like boil down both things to just being flashy without any like real, I don't know, message or like important. It, it's like the opposite of a Christopher Nolan movie, you know? At the end of the day, I will still pay money to watch Transformers. Oh, dude, I will not. I mean, I don't even think the CGI is that good. Like, it's, I don't know. It's There's a difference amazing. between just, like, spending a bunch of money on, like, flashy CGI versus, like, quality, like, good fight scenes. I don't know. I thought it was good quality fight scenes. 
Yeah, I don't know. This kind of teases a little bit what our topic's going to be in our opinions, too. <laughs> but, All right, uh, so on to our topic. Good transition, yeah. Vince. We're talking about Justice League. If y'all didn't know when we're hitting the whole four-hour thing. We're not we talking think- about Justice League. Snyder Cut, Justice League? The Snyder Cut. That's what we're talking about. Not Justice League. It's Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Big I got difference. 50% of the title. <laughs> yes, so we're talking about Snyder, Snyder Cut's Justice League. For people who don't know what this is, is pretty much back then. Uh, back then, what I mean by three years ago, 2017, probably got the date wrong. Either way, they released the Justice League movie that was supposed to be the direct sequel to Batman versus Superman, which should only be watching the extended cut and not the theatrical cut. Um, so this movie, it was um, Zack Snyder, who basically is like their Kevin Feige uh, for the DCU. He was actually fired for a few reasons. One was oh, hey, your daughter happened to have committed suicide. Very unfortunate. You should take time off for your family. By the way, we hired Josh Whedon, who did made a billion dollars off of Avengers. We're going to have him take over the project. Um, and it seemed like that he was drawing, drawing criticism for Batman vs. Superman and Man of Steel. People didn't like. It's funny because now I'm hearing people actually did like those movies, but back when they first came out, people didn't like those movies. It was a little weird. Um, I don't know. I've heard. Uh, I don't know. At least the people, uh, the group of people that I talked to, I haven't heard that so much. It's more like I feel like the people who really like the dark, gritty comics and like specifically compare them to the movies generally like like Ben Affleck's portrayal of Batman versus like most people still are just kind of over the DC, like those kind of movies. Like they might be more optimistic for like the Aquaman and Wonder Woman movies, but I don't know. It was a little weird because a lot of people were saying, oh, my. So Marvel movies, if you actually were to compare it to the comic books, oh, they're very different, especially that the arcs that they're pulling and drawing their source material from, like the specific um, uh, chapters or whatever they're pulling from. But then when you look at DC, it's fairly it's not fairly accurate, but it's like when they they're they're straying away from it. So Superman killed in Man of Steel. People are like, oh, my gosh, Superman killed. I hate this movie. Okay. There's also other instances where he has killed in the comic books. So I don't get your point kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. a lot of people are up in arms in that and they're just fixated on that one single point. Yeah, I hate it. It was just weird. Superman kills. Okay. Uh, Batman versus Superman. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of a weird travesty. But after watching the extended cut, oh, yeah, I know this movie is so much better after watching the extended cut. Um, which I'll, I'm painting a picture later on. But, um, Yes, yeah, so Josh Whedon took over the uh, Justice League film. He reshot a bunch of scenes to make it more comical, to make it more lighthearted, because that's what he's known for, especially for Avengers, and especially the, the MCU's identity compared to the um, DCU's uh, identity. And so there was a movement where Zach said, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that was taken out and wasn't my vision, where on the internet, in the geek spheres, there's something called the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut. And so finally, HBO decided to have its own streaming service, and one of its flagship products is, is a Snyder Cut. Well, I wouldn't say flagship, but like definitely on their table. Yeah, HBO Max has so much. I can't say this is like the best thing on HBO Max, <laughs> but uh, it definitely is something that is good for HBO, HBO Max marketing. Yeah, so that was so that's the point of the Snyder Cut. So, Vince, what did you think? Well, before I say that, just to add a little more 
to what you're saying too. I think part of the significance too is that nobody thought the Snyder Cut was going to get released, or at least uh, I think a good amount of people didn't think it was ever going to see the light of day, you know, type of thing. And I think people would be asked about it, and like they would just like it, like higher up, like Warner Brothers executives who keep saying like, no, it's not going to be released, it's never going to happen. And then the fact that HBO Max actually did announce it as like a four part thing too, that was pretty crazy for a lot of people. A lot of the nerd sphere on YouTube was freaking out. But um, what did I think of it? Um, so you know how I mentioned that I saw it? Yes. I uh, I should clarify. By saw it, I mean I. <laughs> looked at the runtime and i was like four hours fuck so i just skipped around and tried to get the gist of it it's kind of like you know you have a book report and then it's the day before so you spark note it and then kind of read like a few select chapters in the book okay that's kind of what i do with the movie <laughs> but okay. i still think i have enough to have a qualified somewhat qualified opinion but uh yeah i don't know not so my basic opinion was it, this version does seem a lot better and it seems like there's a lot more depth and it, i'm happy Zack snyder got like the full canvas on which he wanted to like say a story but that said i think it's just not my style personally i'm not into it as much for a few different reasons so i for what it is i'd probably give it a bb minus but um just not my vibe as much how about you joe um i don't think it okay that's the thing is that it was a little bit difficult for me to enjoy the movie because half of it well not half of it, but like a chunk of it was reshot from before a lot of sequences a lot of things were definitely improved and changed but definitely a lot of other scenes were like, oh, I've seen this before. And that was, and so for me, it's, I don't really rewatch anything. And I very rarely do, unless it's been like a while or I am, for whatever reason, got pulled into watching it again. Or if and it's Dragon Ball Z Broly. Yeah, I, I was trying to stray away from that, but <laughs> that was literally it. It's funny because like people have mentioned, you mentioned Dragon Ball on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't i never mean to it just comes up you know it just comes up no but so so some of those shots for so just personally for me but overall as a movie as a whole if i saw this outright before watching justice league i don't know how i would rate it but if i were to compare it to the josh whedon cut oh this blew, blows josh whedon's cut out of the water also it's a uh, joss whedon joss <laughs> Joss, it's a weird uh, name. Do you know any Josses? I don't. I think that's the only Joss I've the ever heard. Only people I ever hear, like saying Joss, is like for the nickname Jocelyn. Hmm. Maybe so, that's yeah. his full. <laughs> Maybe that's his full name on his birth certificate. I am sorry. <laughs> I'm calling Whedon. Jocelyn Whedon. Oh man. Oh my gosh. Are we gonna talk about the con? Are we gonna talk about the controversy that guy's in? <laughs> Oh, she's just so much. He's there's a rumor that he's blacklisted because of this. I did uh, see that article in Hollywood, and I feel like it's probably very true. I don't know because it's like you're only as good as like the latest trending news headline about you two, and it's not looking too good for him. Yeah, so that's actually something I want to touch upon later after I review the movie about okay. studios right, we'll and stuff. Because we'll save that for later. Yeah. Anyway, so I think it's I think it's I think ninety six is a little bit too high of a score to give it because i'm looking at rotten tomatoes right now and i think when i shared my original instagram posts it was like a 97 hold up it has 96 percent critically on rotten tomatoes audience score is 96 uh critics oh. is 73 okay 74 73 sounds a lot more believable to me i was going to say like an 80 i think is more appropriate mm. um if i were to give it like a score like an 8 out of 10 or a 4 out of 5 kind of thing okay yeah so that's my take Okay. All right. Fair enough. 
Um, or why did you not like it though? So it's not that I didn't, it's not that I didn't like it per se. It's just like, you know, you watch something and you're just like, okay, this is cool for what it is, but it's just not for me. It's more like I can appreciate what they were going for. It's just, okay. So break it down the Marvel and the DC stuff. I think Marvel uh, connects for me personally, like it does with a lot of other people more than DC, because I think they make, I've always liked superhero franchises where they make it, they don't make it so cartoony and like, actually have people in capes and make it feel like they are like superheroes larger than life type of things like some a lot of the marvel movie well batman begins started this trend where it made batman not this like cartoony like dude with tights in a suit um who says like really cheesy cliche phrases they made it like believable they made it like anyone could possibly do this if you did exactly what christian bale did you know type of thing there was no direct source of fiction you know in it And I think Marvel, obviously, Marvel's definitely, obviously fiction, yes, but, like, I think they do a better job at making it feel more, like, grounded and, like, kind of realistic for what you could see in reality if, say, there was somehow um, a magical, all the stuff that happens in Marvel, if that could somehow happen, like, I feel like Marvel kind of represents a world where it would seem more believable if like all these like crazy fictional things were to be introduced into our world. I don't know. Do you agree with that? I mean, just based off the comics itself, Marvel is people would say the more relatable kind of thing. Whereas DC is meant to be designed as literal gods among us kind of thing. Um, Yeah. They are supposed to be larger than life. And like, there is a comparison of if DC heroes were to fight uh, Marvel heroes, any time of the day, Marvel heroes would just get completely destroyed. Yeah, I don't really mind that so much. I don't really care about the power scaling stuff. It's just that the I'm not even talking about the comics either, just specifically the movies. The movies seem more relatable and grounded for the bigger stuff they're trying to do. Whereas I think just the portrayal of the DC stuff, it's very dramatic. Like the two of the things that I mentioned, like there's so much like slow motion. Like, you know, anytime there's a fight scene and Wonder Woman jumps, she's going to jump. And then like halfway through while she's in the air, there's going to be like a five second super dramatic slow motion shot of her chopping somebody you know action scenes like that and just like the outfits that like a lot of people wear like looking at like flash or like even looking at uh deathstroke joe manganello like at the end like i just thought his outfit looked so cartoony and it looked like straight out of the comics like whereas you look at like even like compare like stuff in marvel like doctor strange or like ant-man like nothing looks like that larger than life going for like theatrics kind of thing you know what i mean like compare like look at joe manginello's deathstroke and then look at dr strange she's literally just a dude wearing like robes who looks like he wouldn't be seen as like too off if you saw him walking down the street you could kind of just think okay that's a guy who's really into i don't know meditation and shit you know we also live very close to san francisco (laughs) that's true but uh yeah we might have a biased geographic area here but you know what I'm saying though? Like look like it just looks a lot flashier in the DC stuff. Mm, I'm trying to see the difference and I'm like I kind of don't in terms of like the costumes at least. But I do know what you're saying about the whole like slow motion thing cuz slow motion I think people were kind of making fun. Well, not they were making fun of it, but they're like, "Oh yeah, no, that was definitely Zack Snyder throwing it on it." Um the re- one of the reasons why this movie came 4 hours is because you threw in the slow motion. Kind of deal. <laughs> and you had like the random theme song for everything yeah um 
And so, like, when I look at Deathstroke's uh, costume, it's... Honestly, it looks so much better, in my opinion, than compared to the comic book version. That's really? in my opinion, yeah. Mm. I thought he art- looked kind of. I thought he looked kind of silly. Like it looked like I don't know. It just didn't look right. It just looked like so flashy and cartoony, and like like that dude's already like fucking yoked. They don't need to like have him have a suit that makes him look twice as big as he is. You know, because the thing is that his his suit is basically armor, whereas like his normal comic book stuff, um, for a chunk of period of time, it was basically like spandex kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It might be like some. Something like Batman, where it's like, oh, some thicker Kevlar thing that looks like fabric kind of thing. And so when I see it right now, it's like, oh, that's actually a pretty cool armor. That's pretty sick. Hmm. So I think that's where I kind of defer from you. Okay. Well, maybe I'm looking at Google Images. Just like I don't know, just looking at his face, the hair and the like beard, and just like the the uh, eye patch. A bit of it just looks cartoony to me. Like he, uh, did you ever watch Teen Titans <laughs> that cartoon as a kid? Yes. I remember thinking Slade looked pretty cool in that comic. I'd like to see that version yeah, better. So that's I think one iteration, but they're definitely not going for that iteration. Oh, yeah. Well, I, that's that's one iteration that didn't look as cartoony, even though that was a cartoon to me in a weird way. <laughs> definitely nobody has has done the Teen Titans iteration yeah. uh, in terms of the comic books or any other type of media. And I and his costume right now. Yeah, I know he does have an eye patch. The one where in the nightmare scene where he has a mohawk. Some people thought it was sick. I thought I was like, uh, that's a little excessive. But all right. Yeah, why does, why does why do you have a mohawk in a post-apocalyptic world? Would you have to be worried about other shit? Like that's the thing you're caring about. Like there's nothing else to do, so I'm gonna like shave half my head. Like the only reason why they would have that is is unless they're doing the whole DC death metal thing, where and there was a comic book art called Death Metal, and they're portraying how everybody had like their own metal version of it. Hmm. And so every every costume, every person had like a different um, iteration of it. So because of the whole nightmare scene, because it's post-apocalyptic, that's the only reason why I would say they did that as like a whole like, yeah, we're going to pull a metal, uh, a DC metal spin on this time hmm. or death metal. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's so that basically leads into another thing I was thinking. It's just I think these these movies, like we said, feel a lot more like true to the comic books, I think. So if you're into that, if you're really into like the I think that was part of the significance of like Batman v Superman, because they like that was a comic, right? Where Batman like beat up Superman because he got like kryptonite and like some like fist or something like that. Right. So I think they're going for like one of the bigger comic book arcs where it was Batman versus Superman. It was during the future where Superman became basically a government lapdog. And Batman, I think, was trying to prove a point saying that we still need vigilantes out there we can't be controlled by the government explicitly because then like we can't save people um effectively Mm -hmm. and so he does don an armor very similar to you see in batman versus superman and that whole fight thing was very similar to that and in the comic book it ended with batman telling superman saying just remember i can kill you anytime i am letting you go now yeah i feel like that line is like people that's like a direct response to the criticism people always get uh, give Batman of like, how the hell is like Superman like going to compare or how the hell is Batman going to compare to Superman? Cause Superman's like immortal and super strong and Batman is just a human, you know? I mean, before we get down that rabbit hole. Yeah, we probably shouldn't go down that rabbit hole, but I mean, it does seem like that line is like comic book writers specifically saying, okay, this is a common critique that we get. So we're going to write a line that kind of addresses it and makes some fans shut up. 
Oh, no, it really depends on the arc. So I think everybody at the end of the day will say, like, if Superman really wanted to kill, like, Batman, right, on any random given day, he absolutely would. But then it's Batman going on the whole psychology of the chance of him ever doing that is, like, next to zero. But if he does, I happen to have, like, a contingency plan just in case kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the argument there. Yeah. I guess, but um, if you think about it, like Batman and Justice League is the weakest character, like uh, spoiler alert. I mean, if this wasn't spoiler enough um, during the whole fight scene, you didn't see him fighting Steppenwolf. You just see him fighting regular old aliens the entire time and just covering uh, the Flash's back. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't. If you think about it, he didn't really do any significant contribution except for just playing after taking out the shield. That was pretty much it. Yeah, that's why. That's basically why I think that that scene that they wrote was specifically for that reason of like we know Batman is like so underpowered compared to everyone else, so we need to like make the story kind of shine him in a better light that makes him like look comparable to these people, you know. But yeah, so he was definitely like a person that tanked in for them and helped them out and like gave them that far kind of thing. It's kind of like um, he was like the stepping stone for that, and that was like the role his point. And yeah, so I think I would agree, like, if you were to go on any fight with any random person, so that's the thing, when people ask, like, oh, who would win, Batman or X character, the argument then is prep time or no prep time. What was the, what did you say just now? Prep time or no prep time. So <laughs> would Batman win in this fight with Superman? Does he get prep time? Yes, Batman. Does Batman get uh, prep time in this fight? No. Batman, because he'll figure out a way, because he's Batman. No, but... um. That's usually how the arguments usually come out too. Like, does he have prep time to fight? Yeah, to me, this just seems like writers are really trying hard. Like, it just feels like the whole nature of the DCU thing was like the like most people know this common knowledge at this point. You know, Marvel, their approach was like, let's bring a cinematic universe together by like introducing characters like with their own solo movies, and then we'll bring them together. Whereas DCU tried to catch up fast, so then they had like one Superman movie and yeah, not even a Batman movie. They had one Superman movie, and then they're like, we'll bring everybody together, like, really quickly. And uh, by doing that, I think it automatically exposes that flaw of, like, Batman is so not comparable to everyone, whereas if you would have done a movie of just Batman's, like, stuff filled out, you would have, like, got him developed as a likable character who you can see his specialties, like, in not having superpowers and doing his own thing. But when you automatically introduce that whole Justice League Batman v Superman dynamic, then you're automatic. Those questions of like, how is Batman going to compare to these people are automatically there, you know? Well, that's the thing is that they're trying to portray that Batman is a leader type. So it doesn't matter what it's like. Yes, he may be lacking in these skills and the superpower skills, but it shows that he can at least do. He, he is a leader. He's presenting himself as a leader in this. Yeah. Um, especially in Justice League. And so that's the thing is that with the whole uh, Snyder cut or Zack Snyder's vision was that he was going to do three movie trilogy or five trilogies, which is every three movies was basically its own uh, arc. So Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Justice League, and then another arc, another trilogy, and then another trilogy. That was yes. his original vision. But that's the thing is that like, that's where it kind of comes down to the, I would blame the studio the executives mm-hmm. for screwing a lot of this up. So one for this, it was like, Hey, we want to have the same success as Marvel. 
they have Avengers pump out Justice League. By the way, we stole a director from Marvel. We want that. <laughs> do you think, though, that... So when you said that trilogy thing, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that before. Do you think, though, that Zack Snyder's vision was literally, like, in that trilogy sense to do Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, then Justice League? Or, like, do you think if Zack Snyder could have had his way, would it have followed that format or what? I think if we still kept Zack Snyder on board, it'd be very difficult. So that's the thing is that this movie is four hours with certain amounts of scenes added in. Let's say that we kept this three-hour movie. Would it have been the same? It probably wouldn't have. It probably wouldn't have been as good. All right, let's. the studio wanted two hours or less. Okay, we're cutting this movie in half. You got the Josh Whedon version. Joss Whedon version. Jocelyn Whedon. Yeah. We'll we'll only call him Jocelyn Whedon from now on. And we all hated that, even before seeing the Snyder Cut. Everyone hated that objectively speaking and then it becomes like well i think zach snyder's vision isn't bad but i think given like what's rational and what would work it his vision wouldn't work but i'm saying okay my question is a little different though i'm saying so if zach snyder had his way absolutely like 100 and studios did whatever he want do you think he would have said Okay, Man of Steel is the first movie. The second movie I want to do is Batman v Superman. Or do you think he would have said, I want to do Man of Steel 2 and then we do Batman? You know, I'm saying like, what did it fall? Yeah. Oh, I don't know his full plan. Um, yeah. So that's I what mean- I'm curious about. Because if if he did, if this is his like perfect like way of setting up the trilogy, at least. So the first movie is like Man of Steel, then Batman v Superman, then Justice League. Like to me, that seems like way too much of a jump. You know what I mean? You're jumping, you're like sprinting before you can crawl type of thing. I'm trying to see the timeline of everything. Okay, so Man of Steel came out first, then Batman versus Superman, then Suicide Squad, then Justice League. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, without very... seeing his actual plan, I don't exactly know what it would look like. Like, would it work? Would it be or not? Um, with the whole Suicide Squad, just a real quick plug-in. That's another thing where the studio kind of like gutted a lot of the movie because the director himself came out he david Iyer Iyer said literally i got the same snyder cut treatment of things <laughs> getting gutted and i don't even recognize this movie kind i of. just hope that's a new thing like every single director who wasn't happy with their movies like gonna redeem it by saying i got my special cut like did you hear about like uh mrs doubtfire there's like some rumors of like an nc 17 version of that movie Oh, right, they're saying how a lot of it was so improved that it worked. Like they were able to film like different versions of the movie just for shits and giggles. Of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. Huh. Like the one I read was like, oh, because we improv so much that they're able to make another movie with the different readings. Damn. I literally thought that was a joke. Like, and that just sounds ridiculous. NC 17 version of Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, wasn't the movie fine? I don't think that's a movie that people like hate. It's like a movie that was fine. People just kind of like it, right? No, I think they're just talking about for kicks and giggles, really. That's it. I guess. But I think, well, I think it's more significant in a case where everyone hated the movie. You know what I mean? Because then the saving grace is like, wait, wait, wait. You just have to see it the way I wanted to do it. The studios messed it up, you know? Like, because that's the thing. I believe that because going on uh, Whedon's uh, Avengers 2, right? People, are- if you were to ask anybody what was their favorite Avengers movie, and if anybody said Avengers 2, you know not to be friends with them anymore. <laughs> no, because strong. when people have, when I point out all the glaring mistakes in Avengers 2, they're like, yeah, what happened? Literally, the studio f- like started fighting with um, 
Whedon and saying, I want that scene. If you don't have that scene, we're cutting your other scene. That's funny. This might be derailing the topic a little bit in its own topic, but uh, no, yeah, so so I don't like something I want to like mention at the end, but it just <laughs> kind of became the case. Yeah, I don't like Avengers 2 that much, but I might have a different reason than other people. I don't feel like it's like, at least, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was studio stuff so much that bugged me. It was just like, it felt too Whedon-esque, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Whedon style of like the quips, like it's too quippy. Just like everybody had to like do something quippy and it felt more of that cartoonish vibe. I think the original cut of Justice League was pretty quippy too, right? Yes. So that's the thing is that any of the quips, so one of the, um, so I supposedly everything that every joke that you saw was cut by Snyder because that was used by Whedon. That was created by Whedon. Yeah. So That's... the the sorry, the uh the Aquaman scene where it seemed very serious and definitely one of the cringe scenes. So there's definitely a few scenes that were very cringe. So where the whole entire uh Alaskan city town folks started seeing this weird hymn thing as Aquaman like swam away. Yeah, that's pretty fucking weird. But in the Whedon cut, you see Batman saying to Aquaman, so you talk to fish, and that was great, <laughs> but obviously a lot of the quips were from Whedon. Yeah, I think it's just we like, you know, comedy has a very distinct style. You know, sometimes you can hear a joke and tell like, oh, that's this comedian or that's that comedian, you know, like I just feel like Whedon's distinct style of comedy. I just don't like <laughs> like even the first Avengers. Like, I know that's the good one and I like it, but some of the quips still kind of make me cringe a little bit, even in the first Avengers. And that's considered a really good movie. You know, I liked Avengers because it was the first time they ever did anything like it. True. I mean, you can like it for that meaning, but you can also critique it if there's something you didn't oh, yeah, like. Oh, no, like how I enjoy Justice League, but that whole singing thing in the beginning was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, I think I skipped that. <laughs> That's fine. You didn't miss anything. Because what the fuck was that? Cool. Sweet. But uh, yeah, the reason I don't like, yeah, like I said, Avengers 2, it was just like, it felt like the quips that annoyed me a little bit in Avengers were just like amplified and put on steroids in Avengers 2. Um. So, yeah, there's a very distinct difference where, like, when the Russo brothers took over, that's when it was, like, such a breath of fresh air and just felt so much more, like, the jokes were actually funny. Like, like why is Gamora? Like, everyone loves that line, you know, stuff like that. It's just, like, I don't know. It just felt a lot more real. You know what I mean? Just we just has a very, like, cartoony uh, sense of humor and just style to his stuff, I think. Definitely with the... So, one of my other griefs with Avengers 2 was the whole... um Ultron was like this crazy level hero kind of, uh, villain, and it just felt like the stakes weren't really that high. Well, you like, said, Ult- yeah, Ultron, sorry. Yeah, Ultron. He was this crazy villain in the comic books that basically enslaved the whole damn world. And his plan was, I'm going to just take up the city, build a giant jet engine, and have it come and crash down. Yeah, and then he rambles about strings and strings. Yeah, and so it was very like, I just okay. <laughs> All right, like I, 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 I just didn't know what to say. It was just very. The stakes weren't that high. It didn't seem very exciting. You threw in two extra characters that had very poorly developed backstories that you're now developing now, which I haven't seen one division yet, so I don't know. I was and just about that, to ask that actually because I'm uh, once you do see it, let me know. I think we should talk about that because I'm very curious what you think. Yeah, honestly, like I was because like. Throughout the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, those two characters, Vision and Scarlet Witch, not much was really established. So I was already uninterested. 
And so when people are very hyped for the show, I'm like, I, I don't know what this trailer told me for characters that had no like substance to begin with. Like we know that they have a love interest, but the yeah. next thing we see is like Vision getting stabbed, even though he is literally the power of a god because of his affinity stone. Yeah. Well, that it is pretty weird. If you jump, I don't even know if they talked at all. Like maybe like one scene in uh, when they first had Avengers: Age of Ultron when they were in that movie, and then Civil War, they're like kind of friends, and then like Infinity War, now they're hooking up and like have been traveling for a year together. It's like those are pretty big jumps, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. And so when people are like, "Oh, are you going to watch One Division?" Because you're because I mean that's a common question again, just because I'm a big comic book guy. But then it was like I'm skipping it until I it all comes out and I get the time to see it because I just I literally need somebody to hype me for this and after seeing all the spoilers I'm like I'm still not even hyped or impressed by this yeah I would say well I don't know I feel like most people were actually on board with it because they just were enamored by the style you know what I mean just like oh it's so cool like the sitcom thing it's so cool to see but like for me that wore off fast I'm just like okay the sitcom thing I get it but like you got to like switch it up. You got to add something beyond that. You're kind of coasting on the whole fact that this is like, it's unique. It's a Marvel thing, but it doesn't look like a Marvel thing. It looks like a sitcom. And just people seem so fucking enamored by that. But I'm like, this kind of gets old after 15 minutes. I get it. It looks like Dick Van Dyke, whatever. Like have some good story underneath it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like in terms of the actual storytelling and the story itself, I mean, the jury's out for me at least. I'll see. Um, but yeah, so going back on Justice League. Um, <laughs> we, can, we can title this Justice League and WandaVision review. <laughs> even though I've never seen it, yeah. Um, yeah, so Justice League, it's that I I enjoy it. And what and right now people are like, hashtag uh, bring back the Snyderverse. I, I would be amazed by that because that'd be cool. I, I really want to see that. And there's right now... Uh, arguments right now with HBO versus Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers doesn't want to bring that back because they're trying to do a reboot, but we all know that they can't get their shit together when it comes to DCU movies. But then HBO is like, oh no, we want the Snyderverse. But mm. I don't think they have the le- enough leverage, I'm just guessing, to yeah. say we can make it. I think that's more on the Warner Brothers side. I've heard mixed things. Like, Did you hear that executive a few days ago who was like, no, Snyderverse is not coming back, and then I saw some other dude on Instagram who who apparently claims like, ah, that lady doesn't know what she's talking about. She's not a higher up. I heard another executive say it could happen, you know? I mean, it's all that's all hearsay right now, but I think there is a strong opposition to not bring back the Snyderverse because that means that you have to refit everything again. Because after the shitstorm that is, well, literally just about almost every DCU movie except for like four movies out of like the 10 they've released. Yeah. Um, They've been trying to scrape up everything they can and reboot it. Why they got James Gunn after the whole firing to get him to do Suicide Squad. Why right now people were super stoked for Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Wonder Woman's another fucking shit show that we can get into. But yeah. I like the first one. Did you see the first one? No. (laughs) Just the way you said it was just like. Anyways, no. Yeah. So the first one definitely was very good. The second one. People credit the movie to Patty Jenkins. And the second one, you can blame the director all you want, but full creative creativity went straight to Patty Jenkins. Yeah, and maybe she should be less writing, more directing, because I thought her directing was solid. 
And she even admits like the biggest critique in the first one was due to studio involvement, just how heavy CGI got in that final fight scene, you know? That's the thing is I actually like this final fight scene, but um, <laughs> but that it's funny because like the second movie was just like, how's okay, Wonder Woman's lassoing thunder and she's able to fly but then she went to get the armor but then the armor gets torn down and then not to peek not to peek too much about wandavision but that's the same critique i have about wandavision like wanda can do this oh wanda can do that too wait what's the logic what's tying these events together oh nothing just because she can do anything okay sure you know bug me yeah that's kind of how her powers are always described in the comics they can never get their shit together for that one it was more of a plot device um but yeah, no, okay. so with Wonder Woman, it was very, and some people are right now saying like, oh yeah, so Zack Snyder didn't have too much of a hand in Wonder Woman, yes, but you could, people are like, oh yeah, you could still tell that like Zack Snyder did guide Patty Jenkins along. Oh, uh, was he like a producer maybe? Uh, I mean, because like he was supposed to be architect of DC at the time. So that's ah, Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. Even before like the whole universe stuff happened, uh, we probably talked about this before. I always forget your opinion. Did you like Man of Steel? Uh, I remember enjoying it. And since I want to rewatch it again to see like, oh, is it as good as I remember kind of thing? Did I enjoy it as much as I did? Mm. Yeah, I can't remember a movie I wanted to like more. I remember just watching that trailer thinking this is so cool. Like, and it was right around the time. It was right. I think it was a year after The Dark Knight Rises had just come out. So it was like the whole Christopher Nolan franchise had just finished. I thought this was like, the next step, like handing the baton, it's going to be just as great because Christopher Nolan was a producer, so he wasn't like directing it. But I'm like, all right, if Christopher Nolan's involved, it has to be awesome. And then just by the end of it, just like this, like underwhelmed, just like something wasn't right. Like, I just felt like I didn't know Superman by the end, you know? I think for me, I really did enjoy Superman is because the Man of Steel movie, because it was finally a superhero movie with a, with a gratifying final fight. Uh, people were like, oh, it's very heavy CGI. How can you even like that? It, it was actually fighting versus when I watch Marvel movies, oftentimes my biggest complaint for Marvel movies is their final fight is, Oh, I am literally getting my ass handed to me. Oh wait, I just figure out I can do this one final move and problem solved. And so yeah. that was my biggest complaint for Marvel is like, I built up this whole story to have this cool fight, but I just watched you get either nerfed because you're hurt in some way and you can't hold a candle to the enemy or all of a sudden, oh, I can throw you in this big explosion thingy and I will win. Yeah, it's funny you say this, too, because I remember specific people that I talked to in that movie came out who liked the parts before the CGI. And then they were complaining that it's too much CGI. And then it was like a Transformers ripoff. I'm just like, dude, no one is ever going to be happy. Just like any movie you make, 10 people will all have different opinions and either and probably hate it for different reasons, you know? I mean, it's funny because when people say like, oh, I love Pacific Rim. Why? Monsters versus robots. What more could you ask for? Well, no, that yeah, that movie is one that seems pretty clear that most people like knew what they were in for. Like John Wick, too. I think that's a movie you know what you're in for. You know what I mean? You're not expecting like but, uh, the Green Mile level of plot there, you know? But I mean, like when Transformers comes out, people are like, oh, the sh- story shit. Yeah, but I mean, Pacific Rim has a bunch of like cheesy one-liners and literally basically a fucking cgi fest and the only difference here is is that you have slow motion boob scenes yeah well you know how i felt what i mentioned earlier about the transformers stuff i think it's because the cgi sucks (laughs) but i mean i still enjoy it but whatever Uh okay fair enough but um 
Anyways, yeah, so with Justice League, um, I think some of the improvements that they made is that they made a backstory for Cyborg because that fucker's fired. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. He might have a job back based on... I feel like everybody's on his side, you know? I mean, everybody is, but the thing is is that... So the story is is that he basically went and attacked Whedon and they did a full investigation. Attacked as in verbal attack saying that there was abuse of power, whatever. They basically bent over backwards for the guy. It turns out that, like, after the investigation, they're like, all right, whatever. Um, we, we don't care. And then then Ray Fisher, the guy who played Cyborg, said, oh, yeah, I don't want to work on another movie that has um, this person at the head anymore. And it was, like, a high-level exec, I think, with Warner Brothers. I forgot the guy. And they're like, okay, we just fire you then. Because literally every movie, he's a head guy, so he has a hand in it. Yeah, wasn't he supposed to be in Flash too? And then they're like, oh yeah, Flash isn't going to be in this movie anymore. I mean, uh, Cyborg isn't going to be in this movie anymore. Yeah, no, so they ruined from everything. They're not recasting them. They're not doing anything. Duck on. Yeah. Wiped off. Yeah, but that is a big thing because he did have a huge part in uh, the Snyder Cut from what I've heard and that like it really adds on his backstory and a lot of people like are like in love with the character now. Whereas like I've heard people review it and say that like, the w- watching the Snyder Cut versus like Justice League, you can tell that executives like specifically went out of their way to not put Ray Fisher in it because they didn't want it. Like just based on the comparing, it just seems so unnatural the way they like chose to cut him out. You know? Do you feel that oh, way? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it was explicitly like they targeted him to like get out for some reason. Maybe they were going to do a whole movie to explain his backstory, which would make sense because it goes back on your whole argument of like, well, DC had character or no. Uh, Marvel had characters that they built up and then they had Avengers. Whereas this is we have these characters sloppily put together and you're expecting a full movie. Yeah. Um, I know I actually don't like Cyborg at all in, in Justice League. Even the Snyder Cut? I mean, it's cool you have his backstory because he actually has a little bit more emotion. Like, because with Justice League with Whedon, it was I. you seem like you have the personality of a two-by-four. <laughs> and then we watch Justice League. It's like you have more personality than a two by four. But this one would be like the whole Teen Titans TV show. It's like oh, I yeah. wished I wish Cyborg was a little bit more fun. Like, yeah, we know you have issues and you're bitter about life, but you're pretty young. Like, you're still in your college years. You still have like some level of like. Can you chuckle, please? <laughs> yeah. Well, Shazam was their answer for that. Can we agree, by the way, Shazam, best DC movie? <laughs> okay, mine is either a toss-up between that and Aquaman. I actually never saw Aquaman, but... I mean, you might not like it because it's a CGI fest. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I can look past it. It's not like a be-all, end-all, but just, I don't know, it was kind of like shoved in my face too much with the Snyder Cut and Justice League, and the story wasn't i don't know jumping out at me i mean keep in mind how else are you going to show like the lost city of atlantis kind of thing like that's that's going to have to be cgi dude well if it's good cgi there's a like like i said that's another critique everything's so saturated color tone wise you know what i mean it just looks like so like it just doesn't look visually good to me even like batman v superman i felt the same way you know it's like you know when you have an instagram photo and you go on the saturation filter it's like Zack snyder just like does that shit to like a thousand (laughs) like the way it looks how saturated every color is you know I, yeah, that's definitely a personal preference because I was okay with it, uh, the whole color shift, or to have this on the more darker end. 
Um, yeah, that, that's a very first world complaint for me. It's not a huge thing, but I don't know, just a minor thing that bugs me. It's funny because people were praising for Cyborg's extended scenes and Flash's extended scenes. I'm sitting here like, I felt like none of it established anything. Or like, Cyborg definitely did establish it, but Flash's extra scene where he meets Iris and saves her, that was very... We could have cut that out, and that really would have made a difference for either cuts. Hmm. Interesting. Not sure if that was a scene you saw or not. I don't think I did. There's a yeah. scene where he was trying to apply for a job as like working with puppies at a salon or dogs pet store. Okay. And Iris is about to get run over by a truck, and he basically uses his speed force and stuff like that and go saves her. And that whole scene, I'm like. I really could do without this. Mm. I really don't know what it was trying to establish. They're like, oh no, it's to build up his character, he's comedic and stuff. I think the rest of the movie does it just fine without that scene. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I actually heard some people like tearing up over like uh, the Flash's involvement in the movie because they thought it was so emotional. But I'm oh, curious. it's um because he entered the Speed Force. So for people who don't know what the Speed Force is speed force is is it's literally dc's reason for like hey i need to do time travel or i need somebody to be extremely powerful for some unexplainable reason and if you just say speed force it'll make sense <laughs> no that is literally the speed force yeah, okay it's like oh we need to imprison this person i'll throw him in the speed force okay oh where was he the entire time oh he was in the speed force i just pulled him back out <laughs> no literally that is the speed force yeah, okay all right. Um, well, so it's, maybe maybe someday I'll see this movie. I don't know. I I'm more excited. Are you excited for the Flash movie at all? I'm not excited for any DC movie just because of how much of a dumpster fire it is. That's why I'm curious. Why? So why were you so excited for the uh, the Snyder Cut? Just because you knew it was like like Snyder getting his like free canvas to say what he wanted type of thing. Yes. It's, okay. Since I've been aware of the Snyder Cut movement since like I think 2018 um when it started picking up more traction mm-hmm. and our sense of that i'm like oh, that'd be cool to see oh my gosh you're actually showing it this is groundbreaking because the chances of this ever like you said will they ever give directors a chance to release their cut not likely i think that's a good uh that's a good like open-ended question if you could pick one movie that you think deserves a director's cut what would you pick would this have been it for you? <laughs> this would have been it for me just because how shitty the first one was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I can't think of one. Maybe I'll think of one for next week. But uh, I was going to say the Flash movie, I actually am stoked for because I think when so far, like you said, with Wonder Woman and Aquaman, when at least it seems like when DC gets their like solo movies, they can do all right, you know, as long as it's not Zack Snyder. <laughs> um and even Shazam, I love Shazam. I think, like I said, Shazam's the best. So with Flash, I'm like cautiously optimistic for that. I don't mind in love with the casting. Ezra Miller seems kind of weird, and he had that weird like a like Amen. video. Do you remember that video of him like hitting someone when he was drunk? Wait, this is real life. Yeah, there was like a weird. It was like trending. I don't know a year ago. He was like drunk. It was super weird. He's like drunk, and he's like there's this lady like posing for a photo with him, and he's like. You want to fight? You want to fight? And then it looks like he actually tries to hit her, and he just—I don't know. That's that. The video really seems to be how I kind of think of Ezra Miller. He just seems like an odd, weird dude, you know. Mm, no, I, I I can't say I'm familiar with that, but I do agree with you that I'm not the biggest fan of Ezra Miller's 
uh, casting. It's very, it's it's they're pulling a Marvel in the sense of like we're not going to have them true to the comic book kind of thing. Like all the other characters, from the most part, it's like oh yeah, I could see this from the comic book. For this one, I'm like, you're not Barry Allen. You're like <laughs> his grandson, Bart Allen, which actually is a character and all that. So yeah. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm cautiously optimistic for the movie just because it has Andy uh, Muschietti as the director. Do you know who that is? I am not. <laughs> He's the guy who did your favorite movie, It, in It Chapter 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're getting a lot of horror directors, you know, between James Wan for Aquaman and um, the guy who did Shazam did uh, Lights Out, another horror movie. So mm. <laughs> is that the trend? Every DCU movie get a horror director? Hey, if it works, it works. I guess Zack Snyder, <laughs> too. He did Dawn of the Dead, right? That is true. It but works, does, it works. Did Patty but, Jenkins do a horror movie? No. Well, Monster. <laughs> she did a movie called Monster. <laughs> it's not a horror movie, but it's uh, that's the one Charlize Theron got famous for. Do you remember? Oh, uh, that sounds vaguely familiar now. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. going to say, did you, one last thing. I don't know if there's much more to say about the Snyder Cup, but I'll, I'm curious if you heard this. Did you hear, uh, apparently Zack Snyder wanted to do a thing. Have he had his way in the next couple movies somewhere down the line where like, Lois and Clark would have had a son and they would have named him Bruce and he would have become the or the new Batman or something like that. Bruce Kent. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I heard so the, the original so for a lot of people who don't know this, the original plan for Zack Snyder is that Lois so um Superman so Lois will die. And when Lois dies, Superman kind of gets pissed off. And then he'll then succumb to something called the anti-life equation. So what that is for people who don't know, are familiar with that, is it's literally the mathematical equation to basically steal the humanity or basically the free will of others. And so that's something that Darkseid is enamored by. Um, and so he'll basically control Superman and enslave Earth kind of thing. Um. And so Batman will be the reason why Lois dies. Uh, Batman, for some reason, will then become like somewhat of a love interest for mm. Lois. And this adds to Superman wanting to kill Batman even more. And for some reason, at the end of the nightmare scene, it's also referenced that Batman should have been there to die as opposed to his Robin. We don't know which Robin. I'm speculating the first Robin. And uh, Lois dying. And so that's why they're going to travel back into past, reverse all that, and save humanity. And yeah, so Lois and then Superman after that point will have a son and name him after Bruce Kent because he sacrificed himself this time around um, for the happy ending. And in order to like kind of uh, honor his memory, this kid won't have the same powers as Superman. He'll be depowered. And so they'll train him up to be the next Batman as Bruce Kent. Dude, I'm starting to think Zack Snyder takes like a giant edible every time he like sits down to like plan out a movie because it sounds so fucked out. Like, oh no, the that's why like at first I was like, oh, I am so down for the Snyder cut, like Snyderverse back. And I read the like what they plan to do, and I'm like, I am not sure I'm down for this anymore. It's but like... hey, Justice League was great. He, it's like he's doing this with characters that aren't developed. There's been one movie with like a like one solo movie for Superman and Lois. Like the idea of like them like Lois dying, I genuinely feel like I wouldn't give a shit because we've seen her for one movie and not like a huge amount of investment. You know what I mean? So it's just like it just feels like they're just forcing this shit too fast. So I don't know. 
let's uh let's let's pivot a little bit let's see direction for dc so okay let's do three options so Zack snyder universe picks up again we'll say that's option one uh they reboot everything with a different kind of head executive that's option two um option three we'll just say like they keep doing movies like the batman with robert pattinson coming out yeah so that's a reboot yeah i guess yeah so i'm looking at their sorry we go finish your thought no that was it that was it so looking at their timeline right now suicide squad is coming up next that's going to be a sequel from the first one and trailer comes out tomorrow apparently oh cool time timely um so we'll see how that goes they're using a lot of ambiguous characters so except for like maybe harley quinn and boomerang a lot of them i'm actually not familiar with at all that says a lot john knows his comics no because the thing is that suicide squad has like a long running of things and so it's kind of like guardians of the galaxy they've had different teams different iterations of them and most people don't know who these members are so they have a lot of like to draw from. Um, it's just that like comics now are using the Suicide Squad or the Guardians of the Galaxy from the movies because everyone knows it because everyone saw the stinking movies. So yeah. it, it just makes sense for in terms of their comic book publication. That's um, another. Yeah. Now nah, you can go ahead. Next one would be the Batman. So that's literally the reboot that goes back to Batman in the beginning like his well, early days. I was initially unclear what they were trying because wasn't Ben Affleck supposed to get his own movie? And then I don't know. Do you know was that supposed to be it? But then Ben Affleck's like, "I'm done." And then they're like, "Okay, we'll get Robert Pattinson." Or like, what was the deal? Do you know? So funny thing, if you think about it, the original scene. So from the Whedon cut, um, we had, we had what did we have? The so we had the ending where, um, Jesse Eisenberg or Lex Luthor was like, "Hey, let's make a Legion of Doom because that's a thing." But this time around, they changed it and said, "Hey, Slade." Bruce Wayne's the uh, Batman, and he took your eye. And now that actually makes sense, because originally it was supposed to be a director called Matt Reeves and having his own Batman movie, and that's supposed to fight against Slade. That would have been super epic, super great. So That, that all makes sense now. So if it's Matt Reeves, though, did Matt Reeves... So was Matt Reeves on board to do the movie with Ben Affleck? Yeah. Because Matt Reeves is doing the one right now with Robert Pattinson, so it sounds like... Was he doing it? Oh, yeah, so he was originally right... I think he was down to do it with uh, Ben Affleck and such like that. So, I mean, based on this, it seems like Matt Reeves was on to do the movie originally with Batman. That was the plan. Or, I mean, with Ben Affleck was the plan. And then Ben Affleck, for whatever reason, was done with Batman. And so they're like, well, we still have a Batman movie. Do we want to just reboot it with a different person? Like, that's a weird shift, you know what I mean? Like, saying... Let's make a movie for this character that's in this universe versus, okay, we're going to do a complete reboot, but it's still going to be the same character. It's a little odd. I feel like you don't hear that so much, you know? Yeah, no, they're doing a full reboot. And that's what I think people are hoping for, where um, with the, what the heck? Oh, um, the Flash movie where it's going to reboot it because they're going to do the whole uh, a flash uh, flashpoint paradox. And so Ben Affleck actually said that he's still okay doing that movie. And that actually might reboot the whole thing and make it all have some cohesive sense. 
because the next movie before that or after um the batman movie is at some point black adam but black adam takes place in the past where they fight something called the justice society which is the early version of the justice league Mm. like the 40s to the 70s kind of thing 40s to the 60s yeah i'm excited for that black adam movie just because i know it's gonna make for an epic shazam 3 (laughs) we'll see yeah or shazam 2 no shazam 2 is gonna have a different villain they said oh helen mirren (laughs) helen mirren's the villain shazam 2 i'm not even kidding no okay you know that is no old lady she was in a fast and furious movies oh okay yeah she's gonna play some god character but i don't know i love zach levi so i'm very happy to see more zach levi you know i'm just kind of confused why they're replacing a lot of white female characters from comic books with african-american women ellen mirren's white no i I saw i I just read like a thing where the batman movie where they're replacing catwoman with a person named zoe kravitz oh yeah you don't know zoe kravitz no i don't know i mean that's what they're doing with commissioner gordon too uh jeffrey wright i don't know you gotta switch it up (laughs) you gotta repackage it somehow you know no it's a little weird it's like it's like okay well there's a lot of strong popular black african-american characters within these comic books why do you need to make that switch but all right you know what i am not casting diversity but okay like your racist job that's what i'm hearing i'm saying is that if you want to have strong characters you have strong characters why replace characters but okay (laughs) what do you think about james bond do you think there should be a black james bond I'm I mean, the, hard the thing is, uh, oh, so the I think the original author wrote it where 007 is not is just a moniker. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who is James Bond. And so that's why, like, there's like whole fan theories of like, why is there so many different actors playing James Bond? If every like story is technically tied. Well, 007 is just a moniker. It's like it's just a persona. Yeah, but, you know, that's not what they're. <laughs> I mean, if they do say that's exactly what happened, then that's going to be. I don't know. James, okay, James Bond's a whole nother fucking rabbit hole. I got like 15 minutes to be like to go on that. But anyways, <laughs> getting back to this. So the Batman. So we got Suicide Squad, the Batman, Shazam, Black Adam. Aquaman, uh, Aquaman 2, 2 probably. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder uh, Woman 3. No, that hasn't been announced yet. Batgirl. No, they, no they, they said it's going to happen. I'm like looking it up right now. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, what are you looking up? Wikipedia? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just looking at Screen Rant right now. Well, I did hear that specifically Patty Jenkins did say it was right around the time the second one got announced or that it was released that they announced the third one's in the making. Oh, it has been announced in December in the works with Pat, director Patty Jenkins. Okay, let's have Zack Snyder back on board. Just do it more like Wonder Woman 2 or Wonder Woman 1 than 2. <laughs> That's make it Wonder Woman 2. <laughs> Wonder <laughs> Woman 1 versus Wonder Woman 2. Marvel can only hemorrhage so DC can only hemorrhage so much money, all right? Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I feel like Wonder Woman 2 probably cost more money, right? Actually, I don't know. The CGI was pretty bad. Well, that's the thing is that the uh, it's it's hard to tabulate. Like, are they making money? Because everything's on the stream service. It wasn't really on the whole, um, whatchamacallit, theaters. <laughs> theaters. Uh, remember those? That thing that I haven't been to in like over a year. Oh, they're open now. I might be going to one this weekend, actually. Hey, stay safe. No, the, you know that movie Nobody? Have you heard of it? No. It's uh, Bob Odenkirk. 
it's kind of like John Wick with Bob Odenkirk, and he has a family. That's really it. Oh, is that a comedy? It's like comedy action, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. Uh, it's got good. I feel like you'll like it because it's got good action. <laughs> no, I'm looking at like the thumbnails for it right now. I'm like, oh, I could see this one. I could see me watching this. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we've said pretty much all there is to say about the Snyder Cut, right? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely they paced it a lot better. But that's the thing is like, well, you have four hours to work on it. And the only reason why it's good is given the environment that is in where everybody requested it and you have a streaming platform to have it. Would this be sustainable? Um, no, I don't think this is sustainable. And bring back the Snyderverse kind of thing is it's complicated. It's not as easy as you, you're going to think. And if it takes a four hour movie to make a Zack Snyder movie amazing and cutting it to industry standards of less than three hours, we're people are not going to be happy. And I don't think people have the right expectations, but Hey, this was definitely worth um, watching for four hours. But I mean, you might have to break into different parts. Yeah. I gotta say, yeah, I'm very like, I really have no like no concept of what the future is going to be like, even though they have these movies in the woodwork with Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Shazam. It just seems like ultimately this can't go too far because they're not going to be able to do the team up movies really without Batman. And I don't even know if Henry Cavill's on board. There was that talk of like Michael B. Jordan being Superman, you know, so it's like this is the most like <laughs> this is the most complicated, like inconclusive, who knows type of future for a franchise. Yeah, so they're trying to do the whole Earth 2 thing because it's possible with the whole multiverse because there is a Black Superman that does become president uh, in one of the different Earths. So, yeah, that's totally doable. That totally makes sense because it's got comic book uh, backing for it. Um, Henry Cavill, I don't know. I love him as Superman. I hope he does come back. Yeah, I don't know. It's And it's it makes me wonder, too, if, like, if these movies are rebooted, like, is it going to be Warner Brothers? Are they doing this whole thing again? Because it's like, well, you fucked it up the first time. Then how are you going to make it work the second time? And then it's like, if Warner Brothers aren't going to do it, then what is the next? What's another studio that's like big enough to take it on? You know? Yeah, that's the thing is, well, Warner Brothers owns the rights. AT&T owns the rights to everything right now. Oh, yeah. They bought everything well, out like sometime last year. If they hypothetically would have, for whatever reason, pass it on to someone else, because, well, yeah, I guess that seems less likely. It seems right. like more. Huh? So my most recent news is that AT&T owns everything, movies, comic book distribution, everything. And AT&T is looking for somebody to sell, buy the comic book division. That's, but they're asking a boatload of money kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, you mean comic book division to reboot these movies and do them over? Oh, no, just to own the rights to that. So I, I just don't know how that's going to work where like one company owns this, the other company owns that kind of thing. Um, how that's going to work for the comic books. Are they going to play nice? Is there going to be any cohesive like collaboration is one thing the other is like okay well it looks like even your parent company can't get your shit together yeah what makes you think that like these individual entities are going to get their shit together it kind of reminds me of like the spider-man sony versus marvel tug of war i feel like tom holland's just literally has like one arm being pulled by sony and one arm being pulled by marvel (laughs) and uh oh i mean at the end of the day he listens to sony yeah, well, they listened to him apparently because he was the one that apparently had a talk with the person that really convinced them to uh, go back to Marvel or like let Marvel do the third movie. But uh, I feel like that's as complicated as I wanted to get. You know what I mean? Like, like the state of Spider-Man's management is the state of the DCU as a whole. <laughs> you know? 
oh my gosh just, just give the directors their creativity but at the same time like oh that's the thing is that like i think we've mentioned before just have one person manage everything and give some creative liberties to these people and stop like being the studio and care yourself because we've seen it fail with avengers 2 we've seen it with justice league and we've definitely seen it with suicide squad yeah i just say whatever um kevin feige and the russo brothers are doing that is 100 the right way to do it <laughs> like whatever dude if i could take if you could like have a class that just has kevin feige teaching everything that he did that worked with marvel as a franchise and like the russo brothers too god damn would that be the most valuable class you could ever take you know supposedly the reason why it's so successful is because he's literally a nerd well sure i mean zack snyder's a nerd too i'm sure i mean all you have to be to do that stuff you know what i mean if you're not yeah, then i can see yeah, i can see zack snyder's a nerd yeah yeah he, i mean so. he did 300 so yeah i think it's way more you can't just be a nerd and like be that successful though. you have to be like on your shit like extremely like smart and tactical and knowing what you're doing and love the source material you know it's like oh i'm just wondering if that's like the like if we were to rank all the different like qualifications i think that should have been i think that's what i'm saying is number one hmm. you know i might disagree but respectfully so i might because i think a lot of people are nerds but i think like it's more the thing that sets him apart is whatever management style he's doing and bringing this out is the perfect way to do it but I mean, unless we actually take that course we will, <laughs> yeah, we will never know <laughs> they always do you get those ads for like master class do you see that shit oh you mean the thing where like somebody teaches oh that no no yeah it's just like a weird video of like hi i'm judd apatow i'll teach you how to do comedy in my master class you know like i would i think the only usually they're all crap and i don't give a fuck about it, but like the zex i mean the the kevin feige one on how to like run a franchise would be the only helpful one i could see yeah, I would see. I would watch that. Yeah. Well, anyways, this is a solid episode, right? <laughs> yeah. So thank you for listening to Underpaid on the Qualified Show with uh, your host, Vincent Ja, where we give our hot take of Justice League and literally went on every fucking tangent. <laughs> is there any other way you would want a Justice League rant, though? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I was going to like discuss all the other shit show movies where like studios had uh, a hand in. You want to just run through them really, really quick? <laughs> just name uh, them. Well, I mean, it was just Avengers 2, Justice League, uh, Suicide Squad, and yeah. Okay, we touched on those. We're good. Yeah, we did. Exactly. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. And yeah. Bye. God bless.